SequelCast 2 is part of the Batman Podcast Network. For more information, go to batman-on-film.com. Yeah, you have a sword fight where two wizards fight each other by summoning swords, and the swords fight each other, but nobody is controlling, they're controlling the swords with their mind. Their hands are behind their back. Hi, this is Matt Bradley Shergy, host of SequelCast 2, and this episode is a bit different. This is a live episode I recorded at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo 2018 uh, with my friends Sean Franson and Tony Mincent, and we talked about, uh, at a live panel, Uwe Boll's video game movies. Um, I did some editing to take out some of the, the silent parts from the live panel, but it's relatively as it was during the live panel. Uh, the other thing I added was uh, we, we played a video of an uh, interview I managed to book with Uwe Boll through his uh, producer, uh, Gary Otto. Thanks, Gary, if you're listening. And um, we, uh, as part of the video, because uh, the, the audio was, was bad on my end when I recorded, uh, I just had a title card with a question, so in, instead, on, on that part, I will slice in, um, you know, me reading the question out loud, because since podcast is an audio format, you, you can't see the original signs, as it were, but I will have a link on YouTube. Uh, they're nice enough to put up a, a 1080p single-camera video feed um, that they record, that uh, the, the camera ops at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo uh, set up. So anyway, enjoy this special live episode talking about Uwe Boll video game movies. A lot of fun discussion, a lot of questions from the audience, and we'll probably do Uwe Boll movies down the line on SequelCast 2 at some point with uh, Thrasher and I. So, um, enjoy. Thanks. Hello and welcome. Uh, this is, uh, I'm Matt Bradley Shergy, host of SequelCast 2, and we're doing a live podcast here on the video game movies of Uwe Boll, everyone's most loved uh, movie director. <laughs> With me, I have uh, Sean. Hi, I'm Sean Christopher Franson. Uh, I'm I'm an absolute nobody. I'm not the host of anything or uh, anything. So, uh, my name is Tony Vincent, and I have written things on the internet before, so I guess I'm qualified. And uh, we're going to start things off. I worked for a few months to track down Uwe Boll, and he agreed to do a, a pre-recorded interview. So we're going to play that on here, and then afterwards we're going to kind of talk through his gazillion video game movies and take some questions from the audience. So while that's happening, uh, I have some uh, prizes I want to give away. So yeah, just for being here. So we're going to start things off with a prize that has nothing to do with Uwe Boll, but I got it sent to me by his producer. It's a movie called Polycarp. Seven murders, seven suspects, seven churches of revelation. Uh, if somebody wants this, just hold up your hand and I'll throw it to you. Okay. All right, how about in the middle? You want to catch this? Okay. Very good. Okay, sure, go ahead. Thanks. 
Were arcade games a common part of your childhood? Uh, yeah, it depends. Uh, they were actually in the lobby of the movie theater. But in the little towns at that point, when you have to think like in the 90s, 75, 78, you, you had flippers, like playing flipper with the, with the like pinball, right? So, yeah. and, uh, and, and then later, I think oh, on the, in the 80s, it started with this kind of shooter games where you just sit there in a booth, you have some guns and you, you shoot targets and stuff like this. Um, so the very early days, basically, and I remember in Leverkusen, the next bigger city, uh, I think it was also in the 80s, that a real arcade opened. And it was a big sensation because uh, nobody ever saw this stuff before. Does the simplicity of action video game stories make them a good fit for movies? In, in the video game, uh, you have a lot of times basically not a real story at all. You have some characters, you have some visuals where you think, okay, that is how the, the look of the movie should be. I mean, if you have an Alone in the Dark game, you need to get a little darker, that, that H.P. Lovecraft kind of feeling uh, into it. If you have a House of the Dead, it's a different uh, uh, kind of uh, visual style also for uh, to make a movie. Um, the strange thing is, I mean, what I learned with the bad reviews is that a lot of gamers have developed their own ideas of what the perfect story of a game should be. And, and uh, but it's not public domain or something, you don't know it, but if you actually make a movie. And then uh, they're very mad about uh, adding things in uh, changing uh, some stuff. I mean, uh, look at Dungeon Siege. Uh, the the Bible of the game, what Gas Power Games gave to me, was like 500 pages. And then uh, with story, like I mean, and I said, but I don't just, I don't see it. If, if you don't have that 500 pages and you just play that game, it's just not there. Did you enjoy having more freedom on the video game movies you made after House of the Dead? Uh, in a different way, right? So, I mean, House of the Dead, the script was from uh, Mark Altman, like Mindfire Entertainment, and it was already approved by Sega. And uh, when they approached me, um, there were like the rights and everything. And after uh, the movie was financially successful, I looked out to get other uh, games. Uh, and, and games, they are more interesting in a way, where you have better character, better story. And so, I, for example, I had Fear Effect from Idos, but then in the end we couldn't make the movie. Idos offered me Hitman at that point, but then they never closed the deal with me and sold it first to Vin Diesel and then later to the, the, the French company. So, I was very active uh, trying to get rights, basically. And Alone in the Dark was, uh, I mean, a very strong uh, more cult game basically and uh, so I negotiated with infograms at that point because they bought Atari uh, the rights and there was a thing what was in, in the end a fuck up basically because um, they developed at that point a new Alone in the Dark game uh, a new nightmare and I tried to be a little closer to that storyline what they gave to me and then the game fell apart never got produced they closed the Atari uh, uh, development uh, for Atari thing in LA. And uh, so I was stranded with the script basically based on something that never got uh, done, never got turned into action. 
And I think that was also what made the fans uh, mad about the movie because it was not really based on, on one of the other games uh, who, who came out before. So we had only uh, Edward Canby, basically. And uh, I tried to keep the mood, like, uh, uh, but it uh, that was that was the problem a problem basically so uh, on blood rain it was then different but of course i mean i tried what i tried is uh, to do with every every video game based movie i tried to do a different genres different uh, uh, kind of uh, setups like a classical vampire thing with blood rain very gory and sexy um, more like uh, dungeon siege is, is a little more like this kind of robin hood kind of thing uh, and um, because I would be bored to do what they did with Resident Evil, for example, uh, where you basically do one the same movie after the other. I mean, uh, that would, would bore me. And um, yeah, and, and I think uh, basically, um, yeah, I, I got on the radar of, of, of the people recognizing I make so many video game based movies that uh, they start, started to hate me for it. So that is the thing, but I try to, to switch it up and do different, uh, as I said, different genres. I was not interested to uh, make movies out of the, the same genre the whole time, you know. In hindsight, are your films more appreciated? Yeah, and I think also like for example when when Bloodrem got got bad reviews overall, nobody recognized at that point. I mean now in, in ten years later, whatever people recognizing uh, that I did a few things there, they are very unusual for Hollywood films. I mean it's super violent. It's uh, uh, it shows breasts and tits and whatever. So I, I didn't hold back, and I think a lot of the the studio movies they just act like remember Van Helsing and all that stuff. They're acting like they're so gruesome, but then you actually never see anything. You don't see their head chopped up in a close-up or something because they all want that PG-13 uh, rating. And I really, uh, I think with with uh, uh, with Bloodrun, I really went for it, and I really gave a shit about the rating. So, and I didn't get I didn't get credit for it, but but I think when I talk now years later to people, they actually say they laughed that it was so gory. And that Cristiano Logan got naked and stuff like this. <laughs> Did you adopt a dog on the set of Blood Rain? Yeah, so uh, it was first me. First, I found a little puppy, and uh, it was like this size in the basically garbage. So uh, uh, Fritz was the name. So I took the dog home. And uh, um, it, it was really um, very hard on me because uh, it, the problem for me was I, I had to work a lot and very hard, and that puppy needed like really full uh, full on attention. And um, so I uh, found a, an older woman who took care of it. I gave her some money, and uh, Fritz, as the last I know, is still alive, 15 years old. So. And then I, I got another hopeless dog, Daisy, and uh, she died this summer, also 14 and a half years old. Um, so when I took that dog with my dog I had from Germany with me, Laura, uh, they turned to be like together with me the whole time. And um, yeah, and then I made them Clark, the live producer, adopting a dog, Sturbe, 
uh, and Gustavo Lucan adopted a dog in, in the end. I mean, there were so many homeless dogs, it was crazy. And I had always like big food uh, bags with me to feed the, the street the street dogs, basically. I mean, uh, they really need to get that under control then. Your web series, Uwe Boll Raw, discusses current events. Is this hard in the age of Trump? I mean, you have you have every week another crazy uh, crazy turn in politics. Um, but on the other hand, I'm not biased, so I'm not a Democrat. I'm also not a Republican. I'm just an outside observer, and I have, uh, um, let's say, uh, when you see about German politics, whatever, I have a very uh, um, conservative stance on, on some issues and I'm, I'm super liberal on other issues. I, for example, take the refugees in Germany. Germany took 1.5 million refugees in, uh, the US took 10,000 in. And uh, so, and of course, you have a huge right corner movement in Germany, uh, Germany against the refugees. And uh, uh, so on, on this thing, I, I stand totally with Merkel because you cannot have people drawn or die uh, and just let them die what the right corner people want, right? So they just would then let them drawn in on the ocean trying from Africa to come over. And I have to stand that is murder, you cannot do this. So I think that the German move was the right one. But I'm very uh, uh, conservative in regards of when these people getting a criminal, a criminal action, I actually would deport them without a court case right away you know so that is the thing where i'm very very conservative on, on this side and and that is i think the uh, overall um, stance you you have to have on uh, on politics i think trump is is a crazy person he's a tax fraud he's he's everything right so but on the other hand if he's doing things for example with china with the tariffs um then everybody flips out on him but uh, he's not so off with this because uh, since 15 years the, the Chinese uh, uh, growing and growing and growing because they produce cheap for Europe and North America and at the same time they steal all the the, the patents and, and copy cars and copy computers and whatever they they steal the, the American and, and European technologies and making a cheap ripoffs of it, and then they they, uh, uh, they get it everywhere out. So when Trump said uh, we, we tax stuff higher, um, it, it's a message to China, and I'm not not totally against it, you know. But of course, when it comes to Trump politics about uh, uh, shrinking the national parks in the U.S., allowing fracking everywhere, and that he gives a shit about the Paris climate uh, uh, deal, that is ridiculous. I mean, that is, that is the thing where I uh, hate Trump for, and I think he's doing damage to the future generations in, in that four years term in regards of uh, polluting the world, right? So, and, and I think it's absolutely, I mean, how can you still uh, uh, count on coal energy? It's just bullshit and it's over, you know? So, and that is the thing, and, and, and he wants to uh, uh, keep 5,000 jobs in the coal energy, and at the same time, uh, destroys uh, the possibility that 500,000 people getting jobs in new energy, like water, wind, solar energy technologies, you know. Like Germany is 70% on renewable energy already. 
70%. The US is like 15% on, on uh, uh, new energy. And, and, and that's the thing, there is no way around it. It's like, that is the future. We all know that. We all know in 30 years, uh, electro cars are everything. They will have in 30 years, 90% of the uh, of the cars uh, will be electro. So that there are things we cannot just stop the progress uh, also in regards of future generations, you know, and Trump totally ignores it and is a backwards uh, bullshit uh, idiot on, 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 on this with uh, the wrong advisors. Do you have any special message for your fans here at this Uwe Boll Video Game Movies panel? My message is uh, uh, rewatch some movies. Watch Postal again. You would see that Postal, uh, I think, was a visionary film. Never done before, never done after, and I think it nails the, the, the crazy climate we're living in now. Uh, it's my favorite video game based movie I, uh, I did. And. Um, uh, Rewatch maybe some other movies like Blood Rain uh, in the name of the king and you will see that uh, very very bad uh, view on it um, doesn't hold up over time. Like exclude my person out of it and watch movies like Rampage, Sound of Wall Street. They are good movies. Uh, I did more to the end of, of my career and uh, it's, it's too bad that uh, uh, I cannot come back with Postal 2 or something, the financing is just not there for the movies and I'm very uh, sad about it, you know, I, I want to make movies but the, the days are over where I can refinance uh, movies and it, it, uh, I think that Netflix or Amazon, whatever, don't give me a shot is based on, they Google me and see all the bad review and, and um, that is, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm not happy about it. Alright, thank you Uwe for that. Um, we just talk about tariffs. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about economic tariffs. Yeah, um, we tricked you. Ha! You got catfish. <laughs> but before we talk about economic tariffs, uh, another prize to give away. I have it's an extra large size T-shirt. It says Uwe Boll Raw. Has a picture of Uwe Boll smoking a cigar on it. And uh, on the back it says a Boll's life. Spelled like his last name. So extra large size shirt. Who wants this? Okay, I'll throw over that way. Let's see if I can hit someone. Not the camera. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. To make up for that, for the last prize, someone from over there will walk up here. I'll give you something. Just walk up here. This is a copy of Blood Rain 2 Deliverance. That's the Wild West one. It's signed by Uwe Boll. He tried to sign in pencil on the side. That didn't work. So instead he signed on her belly. And it also comes with a free comic book and copy of Blood Rain on PC. That probably won't work on your computer. There you go. Prices are nice. Okay. So back to the economic climate change. No, um, so... Is there a labor crisis in America? Okay, I'm done. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, Uwe Boll has done more video game movies than anyone. He has directed, I think, like 11 or something by this count on this list. And that's including things, anything from House of the Dead to, like, spoofs like Blubberella. And, um, In the Name of the King, all that stuff. So, uh, Tony, when is the first time you saw an Uwe Boll movie? Uh, I remember seeing the first Blood Rain when I was in probably high school, I think. Yeah. And of course, I was in high school, so I thought it was amazing because it was just vampires and killing. 
but yeah, I quickly changed my mind. <laughs> and that one has meatloaf in it as a vampire. It has Billy Zane in it. Mm -hmm. It was a it was a A list class, or a cast, so uh, yeah, you know. What about you, Sean? Uh, it was uh, Sunday night, uh, about like one in the morning. Uh, it was uh, House of the Dead for this panel. Uh, not, not so good that one. Um, <laughs> I, I did, I did want to, you know, talk more in this panel about like the his sort of trademarks, why these movies don't work, and not just be like this guy. Am I right? Uh, so uh, I, I did try to dive into, did watch three for this panel. But yeah, Sunday night, I, I followed him, you know, through the reviews, through the, the, the boxing and, and that sort of thing. So I, you know, he's, he's obviously a, a towering figure in, in this, and it's just kind of a weird thing he had going for a while that's now over and I don't think it can really happen again. Right, because there's um, financing things and also the video games for a time, they were really trying to make a lot of them into movies. and. It, for the most part, it really hasn't been done very well. You might, I think the first Silent Hill movie is is good. I kind of like the Mario Brothers movie, but it, that has little reasons yeah, to do with Mario Brothers. For its own reasons, it's yeah, so it's like a Ghostbusters <laughs> knockoff. It's fine, yeah. but like uh, and, and Uwe Boll, I like some. I like you know things like In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege Tale. Which has anyone seen that one? Raise your hand. A few people. So, no? Okay, someone went, eh. And so it has, it has Jason Statham, it has John Reese davies it has Ray Liotta from all the gangster movies as an evil wizard. You, you have a, a sword yeah, fight, obviously. Yeah, you have a sword fight where two wizards fight each other by summoning swords, and the swords fight each other. But nobody is controlling, they're controlling the swords with their mind. Their hands are behind their back. Yeah, the yeah their scene. hands are behind the back the entire scene, very it's dramatic crazy. music. In fact, there's a director's cut of uh, In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege Tale. I love saying that entire name. Like the <laughs> there's a director's cut that I think is like uh, 45 minutes longer than the theatrical version, if you want to see even more scenes. But um, the first movie bowl I saw was House of the Dead with, with the zombies, and it doesn't have much to do with the game. The house looks more like a shack on an island where there's a rave. Sponsored by Sega, apparently, because there's Sega banners everywhere. <laughs> and it is... Um, I love how it uses footage from House of the Dead 2, I think, for no apparent reason, in the middle yeah. of fight scenes. Yeah, it, it shows uh, the zombies getting shot with the green blood oozing out as scene transitions. And they don't look like the zombies in the movie. Yeah, it's because he's a visionary, we just don't understand it. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> in, in fairness to you, Vable, uh, I... I I kind of like his approach of like, hey, it doesn't have to be one to one. Like, if he was directing Resident Evil, it would it's, it would be weird if Jill Valentine showed up if he was directing Resident Evil. Like, as a jumping off point, maybe maybe there's something there, and they don't you know we don't have to see the scene where Laura Croft buys her twin pistols because that's something everybody wondered about, right? Right? Yeah. Just I, me then. I mean, I mean, if, if he did Metal Gear, it might just be a ninja dancing in a corner for 90 minutes. Who knows? You wouldn't want to see that? That, that, that might be amusing. But, but the, the point is, Uwe Boll, he, he does his own thing, uh, no matter what that is, and he keeps on going for it. I think with, with the Blood Rain movies, you know, he never followed the video game stuff, really. But in the first one's like a prequel, the second one's in the Wild West, and the third one's in Nazi Germany. And uh, I believe, uh, Tony, you said you, you liked the last line of that movie? Yeah, so then the movie just kind of ends, they're going to kill Hitler. And so they bust out of this truck, and she just goes, Guten Tag, motherfuckers. 
and then it freeze frames and cuts to black, and that's how it ends. <laughs> yeah, because you think, that, you think that it's building up, you think there's going to be a big like, assault. Oh, cool, an action scene. Yeah, they're going to take out Hitler, they're going to take out uh, all the vampire, Nazi vampires, and nope, she just steps out of a truck, fade to black. And that was one of the better scenes. <laughs> Uh, he mentioned in that interview we were just watching there, he mentioned Postal. Anyone seen Postal? Yeah. So that one, people that tend to like that one the most. It's a very controversial, wacky, strange movie. And, but so was the video, so was the computer game. I mean, yeah. that was a game yeah. banned in several countries. And I mean, what other movie can you talk about where uh, Vern Troyer gets uh, sodomized by monkeys in a cage? Uh. And... No, I no, I no one's going to join in on that. I'm not making this up, by the way. If you no, want no, to these are real things. Uh, Osama bin Laden is a character played by the same actor that played the soup Nazi in Seinfeld. <laughs> Did you want to talk about Dave Foley? It's a real interesting Yeah, yeah, Dave, Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall of Fame plays Uncle Dave, who leads this religious cult called, I think, like, uh, the denomination of organic monotheism. It spells out doom. And it has apocalyptic things, and there's, uh, you get to see Dave Foley's Dave Foley just hang out there in the wind. Just dangling. Just dangling. Um, <laughs> speaking of just dangling, we've been talking about um, Uwe Boll some here. And uh, one of the movies I think that's a bit more normal is Far Cry. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, I hear some yes, yes from the audience. Uh, why did you say yeah over there? Because uh, I've seen it. Because you've seen it. So, so why, why do you think it makes it more normal, so to speak? Well, I think it is pretty much a standard action movie, and those are pretty easy to pull off from a directorial standpoint as long as you can like choreograph all the action well. Those are fancy moves. <laughs> yeah, so he said it's a standard action movie, and... It's hard to miss it. You're just making things blow up. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, the bit of trivia about Far Cry I think is bizarre is the late Anthony Bourdain is in there, the not speaking part, as a scientist that gets shot. It's, yeah, I, that was the third one I watched. I had to freeze frame it to see him because he just like gets shot and dies. Uh, if you're gonna see, if anybody here hasn't seen a new Bible movie and you want to, like, that's the, I think Has anyone here not seen a new Bible movie? Anybody? Okay. Oh, great. There's a lot of, as of this recording, there's a lot of them uh, streaming on Amazon Prime if you have that service. That's the perfect way to check it out. There's also a documentary about them, which is yeah, a documentary as interesting yeah. as this movie. A documentary called Raging Bull about, uh, <laughs> because Uwe Bull, around the time of Postal, I think, did a thing where he said, Internet yeah. film critics, if you don't like my movies, send me your bad reviews. And he picked out five that he thought were especially heinous. And he said, okay, I'm going to box you in Canada. And it was Wasn't Lotax one of them? Lotax, yeah. yeah. Lotax from something awful. Yeah. It was maybe the most famous one. One of them was a 17-year-old kid. But according to Canadian laws, you can do that. You can box a minor and spine in Canada, apparently, allegedly. Um, so with all that, you know, he, Uwe Boll used to be a uh, boxer in Germany. And so these film critics went up there. They didn't take it seriously, and they got the crap kicked out of them. And so part of this documentary is the boxing match. But like, it's a good chunk of it, yeah. It's a good chunk of it. Like, you see, like, the one person's mom, like, crying and holding her bloody kid. Like, there's a lot of strange... <laughs> there's a lot of strange things that go on. It's, it's weird that he went through with it, right? I mean, it's like, Elon Musk called that guy a pedophile, but, like, he didn't box him. Like, he didn't go and beat him up. And Uwe Ball's like, I don't like my critics. I'm going to punch them. Like... He followed through. It's so bonkers, yeah. like, <laughs> duh! Well, they accepted the challenge. 
challenge. They did yeah. accept the challenge. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, I think one of the more interesting parts of that show is, I think the, the low tax from something awful like shows up with cartoon bat wings or something. They don't take it seriously. And he said, nope, you had three months to train. You could have done it. Yeah, didn't he win all of those? Uh, yeah, Uwe Boll won all the, the film critic yeah. things. Handily. <laughs> Handily. Um, yeah. uh, when, when we were talking before the show, Tony, we mentioned there's a lot of Nazi imagery. In, in his movies. Yeah, he got real into Nazis. So Blood Rain was obviously Nazi, the third one. Blubberella was Nazis. Yeah, Blubberella is a weird one. Has anyone else seen that one? Blubberella? No. So he did a parody of Blood Rain 3, which was set in Nazi Germany, called Blubberella. So he parodied himself. He parodied himself. Yeah. And he shot the movies, and he even shot those scenes back to back so he wouldn't have to reuse the, act, come, have the actors come back another day and do it. And so it's like he filmed a funny version, I, I guess, and it, it stars a, uh, Oh, I can't think of her name, but it stars an overweight actress as Blubberella, and she's eating sandwiches the whole time. And it tries to be an action movie, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> There's an extended scene making fun of the movie Precious for some reason that you wouldn't expect. Um, it was a different time. It was a different time. One of the actors in Blubberella, who's also in Blood Rain, is. Uh, Willem, who was on RuPaul's Drag Race, so that's someone some people might know. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of other sequels he did, he did two sequels to uh, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale, and uh, these, they also have long titles. And so, you notice the first one had Dungeon Siege in there, which is the name of the game. You might think that might be in front of the title so people know what it's based off of. These other two have nothing to do with that first movie. They just, he says, well, I'll call it In the Name of the King but they'll just be fantasy movies. It, the second one isn't big. The second one's called Two Worlds. It's not based on the games called Two no, Worlds. No, no, it? it's okay. not based on the game The Two Worlds. Two Worlds has uh, Dolph Lundgren, who's a judo instructor who gets transported to a medieval land and fights a dragon and yeah. fights things. Like in the movie. Yeah, also, yeah. And then the third one, uh, in the name of the king, The Last Job, some countries it's called The Last Mission. Um, neither of which is a great title, uh, have to do with, I think Dominic Purcell plays a assassin who locks two girls in a box and steals their jewelry and goes back in time into middle-aged Bulgaria and has to fight his way back. And a dragon follows him out to the real world. So don't steal jewelry, lesson learned. Yeah. So what that has to do with a, a video game called Dungeon Siege that's about a farmer named Farmer who has to save his family from monsters. From, from orcs. They're, they're from like orcs. Or they're called crugs. They're orcs. They're, don't worry, everybody. They're orcs. orcs. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone is worrying about uh, them being orcs or not. And then I think the one we haven't covered yet is Alone in the Dark. Has anyone seen that with Christian Slater? A few people in the back. They've only seen a lot of Uvi Bowl films. Yeah. And that one, uh, what, what do you think about Alone in the Dark back there? Oh, it's great. It's great. It's hilarious. Hilarious, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a scene where it does this big slow motion spinning around thing from the point of view of the bullet as it shoots a guy. And you think it would kill him, but it doesn't. He just gets right back up and keeps on fighting. Yeah. That one's weirdly disappeared from the internet in like the last month. I, Alone in the Dark? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to find it and it's not streaming anywhere anymore. It's really strange. It's tricky. And my favorite scene in that uh, is also funny and I don't know if it was intended to be. Tara Reid plays a uh, like museum assistant or researcher. And they're, they're trying to track down this, uh, this artifact. And she says, uh, oh, we have to, one of the places it was last seen was Newfoundland. 
instead of Newfoundland. And it's done totally straight, no no actor relates to it. I guess it makes sense. I, I think that's a crossover. I think she plays the same character in the Sharknado movies. She might be in the Sharknado, where it's the time travel stuff. Sharknado-verse, yeah. Yeah. All, is there like 20 of those, right? Uh, Six? Yeah, 20. 20. Yeah, yeah. Six, 20. I can't do math. Thereabouts. Um, and with Alone in the Dark, it's uh, just so... They'll set things up in the beginning and they don't have anything to do until the end. Like, he's, he was electrocuted as a kid so the alien virus doesn't take him over and make him go crazy. But it causes other of his former classmates to, like, stop washing dishes and walk out into the street. I, it, it makes less sense if you're watching it, I think, but it, um, you just have to see it to believe it. In the director's cut of Alone in the Dark, that uh, Uwe Boll, uh, during the shooting, didn't get along with Tara Reid, so he cut her out of the movie a lot. So, including the Newfoundland scene, including the sex scene, including most of her dialogue. He cut out the sex scene? He did. It's uh, not, wow. Uh, now, he, he, he didn't do that for Blood Rain, as... as he mentioned that has Christina Logan getting naked in the movie. A lot. Of German, yeah, a lot. For <laughs> House of the Dead has a lot of random nudity in it, too. Just like, oh, hey, she's taking her top off for no reason. Yeah, a lot of random well. nudity. Um, speaking of randomness, let's take some random questions from the audience. That was a terrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any Uwe Boll things they want to talk about? Any questions? Sure. Just going back to, um, somebody said it right here, uh, in the name of the king of Dungeon Siege Tale. Yes, <laughs> going back to Dungeon Siege. Can we just address that the farmer who's named Farmer, uh -huh. and he makes a big deal in it about like, oh, I think that your name should just be what you are. Yes. So he's a farmer and apparently doesn't have a soldier background, but he just carries a sword around while he does farm work. He carries a sword around. You're right, that's a good point. Farmer who says he should be what he is, a farmer. He carries a sword around while he does farm work. He carries around a boomerang as well <laughs> that he uses in combat. Uh, and then later it's revealed he is the uh, the son of the king, so shouldn't he change his name to prince or king or something at that point? Those are actual names too. Like you can be named king. Like that's a thing. You could, you could, or or, the director, yeah. or prince, or prince for that yeah, matter. You know. We have another question back here. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, do you think there's anything? to the idea of like putting video game footage, like splicing it into scene transitions. Because I'm not saying it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Even if there's like some, like in some universe or in some form, in some format, there would be some way to make that work stylistically? That's a good question. It's, uh, is there some way stylistically to make video game footage in a movie work? Um, maybe like in opening credits or something? Yeah. It would make yeah. more sense. The opening credits of that movie are like weird line drawings with techno music. Like it would make more sense for the opening credits. Yeah, if you did something meta where they're maybe in the video game, like Jumanji... Or, or, or they're playing the video game, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you can do that. It's acknowledged part of the universe, maybe. Right. We got a question up here. So, uh, do you know much about Uwe Boll's life story, as in, like, what brought him into filmmaking, and specifically video game filmmaking? Do I know much about Uwe Boll's life story? I know a little bit. He's written a, um autobiography. Uh, it's only in German. It's called Fuck You All. Um, so say that what you will. Uh, but it's, um, he has been translating parts of it on his YouTube channel. So you can find that at uh, uvebollraw.com and he also does this political talk show on there. But he talks about, you know, he always loved movies and kept a big notebook. I think that um, Raging Bull movie talks about yeah, it. He has a notebook. The, yeah. uh, the documentary uh, goes a lot into about how it as a child, he just grew up like loving movies, and that's kind of what pushed him into that direction. And he talks to his parents, and they're like, 
Yeah, we always just knew he was going to make movies because that's all he ever fucking talked about. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, if you haven't watched the documentary and you want to learn more about like kind of what got him into movies, that's a good place to start, definitely. Right. Um, yeah, got a question in the back? Yeah, so going back to when you mentioned that for a while it was like really the Nazi stuff. Yes. Uh, should we pointed out that he also made a documentary he called did, yes. He did. And it's oh, completely yeah. nonsensical and has no point that it's trying to make. And yeah, yeah, so you're, you're talking about, yeah, he did a documentary called, uh, documentary called Elfwitz that he filmed back-to-back -back with Blood Rain, the Third Reich, and Blood Barella, <laughs> using a lot of the same sets. Um, and part of it is a documentary where he talks to high school uh, German students about that they don't really understand what the Holocaust is or they don't know much about history. And then part of it is a um, disturbing reenactment of people, uh, Jewish people, getting killed. Um, so thanks for bringing the room down. Um, <laughs> hey, we had a, some, a question right here. Yep. Oh, behind you. Oh. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if, you, uh, if you take uh, Louis Bull in his, in his prime and uh, Tommy Wiseau in his prime mm. uh, and had him fight, who, who do you think would win? Okay, that's a great question. So if Louis Bull got in a fight with Tommy Wiseau of the room fame, who would win? Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, you know, I think Tommy Wiseau might open with, like, flinging his long hair in Uwe's face and blinding him. But um, Uwe does have the boxing chops. He does. I'd like to see that fight, though. I feel like Tommy Wiseau's really into, like, pocket sand maneuvers. <laughs> yeah, pocket sand maneuvers. Okay, so he's going to throw that stuff in. Tommy Wiseau would keep going. Tommy Wiseau would keep going and not give yeah. up. I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> be having Tommy Wiseau be losing limbs, bleeding all over Uwe Ball as he gets as they they're punch both, each other. They're both weirdly shredded, like yeah, yeah, they're, they're both in shape. Weirdly good shape. Yep, yeah. that's so tough. I have a question in here from the person in red. Um, uh, why did people keep giving him video game license to work with? Yeah, good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so why do they keep him getting license? I think because they knew he could get the movies made for cheaply, and even though a lot of them initially were in theaters, like Alone in the Dark, uh, they didn't do that good in theaters, um, at least in the United States, but on home video they sold like millions of copies. So, it, it, I mean, despite his reputation, they did good on video, and later they all went uh, direct to video with much lower budgets. Yep. And, and you can tell. Um, yeah. Th there's less of an epic scope, if I want to use that word. <laughs> um, do you know about the tax shelter thing? The, we should probably talk about that. It, it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of convoluted, but yeah. Yeah, there are some tax laws in Germany. A loophole of some, some stripe. Loophole. Yeah. You can look it up online. We have some things back and forth. And if you really want details, Uwe Boll, uh, he's good at doing uh, audio commentaries on his movies. And he will take phone calls in German in the middle of his audio commentaries. He'll eat sandwiches. He'll take his dogs out for a walk. He'll go to get some chocolate cake in the middle of his commentaries. He doesn't stop them for anything. So if you want to learn more about him and the business end, that's a good way to do it. Any more questions? Over there. Yes. Uh, if, if for any reason Uwe Boll was just given unlimited money, uh -huh. um, what uh, what video game title uh, would you want him to make another movie of? We should all answer this question. I Fortnite. Like this one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so just to repeat the question, if uh, the, this recording didn't hear it, it was if uh, Uwe Boll got all the money in the world, what video game movie would you like him to go to make? And Tony, you said Fortnite? Fortnite, yeah. Why? Because it's 
hot right now. It, it is hot right now. You get a lot of money for that, I think. Yeah. He has a lot to work with with that game. And like, I think he, had a, he would have a lot of free range. You can have explosions, you can have yeah. people dancing with the hair. Silent comedy. Silent comedy, ooh, I like that. An action film that's silent. Uh, I, we were talking about earlier, Minecraft is, is has oh, some, you know, yeah. it's like kind of freeform, okay. there's not really something that you have to adhere to. I'll, I'll, you could do something interesting with that. Not interesting. But you could do something. A little bit more interesting. Yeah, something. A little bit more interesting. interesting. Um, gee, what, what video game? You know, if we're talking about current stuff that's hot, I'd like to see him do Undertale. <laughs> what, what craziness could he do with the story about a little kid uh, under in a under a subterranean world full of monsters, with uh, skeletons that make bad puns. Sorry, can I go back? Yeah, Binding of Isaac. The Binding of Isaac. Oh. <laughs> explain what Binding of Isaac oh, is. If people don't know, it's a, the story of, uh, it's a, the biblical story of Isaac where his, his six-year-old's uh, mother uh, is going to sacrifice him to God so he escapes into the basement and he's naked and only has his tears to fire at enemies to protect him. And it's also like really cute. It's cute. It it's sounds cute. Disturbing. It's a hard uh, yeah. sort of action game. He, there's so much for him to work. There's nudity, there's poop, like, <laughs> yes. every, there's everything he wants in there. It's the basic food groups, right? <laughs> okay, um, so we talked about these Uwe Boll video game movies. Out of these video games he did movies off of, which, is, which was your favorite? Oh, man. Looking off that list, House of the Dead, Postal, Dungeon Siege, Far Cry. Uh, probably Far Cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, they've really done quite different things with those games over the years. They have. Yeah. And it's like still relevant, so... Mm, good point. Um, I mean, I liked Dungeon Siege back in the day. It's like a Diablo yeah. knockoff, right? Yeah. But yeah, Far Cry was... Far Cry. Yeah. That was good stuff back in the It's still good. Okay. Um, yeah, Far Cry for me, too. Like, head and shoulders above the... Like, I'd watch it again. I'd totally watch Far Cry again. It's also way shorter than Dungeon Siege. <laughs> I think I would say Dungeon Siege. I, I like the oh, okay five minutes. Thanks. Um, I like that it's the fantasy genre. I like that it's a bit absurd. I like that you have really serious actors doing um, sort of nonsensical dialogue that does make more sense in the longer uh, extended director's cut. I mean, you have a you have a scene where Matthew Lillard is the evil prince is sleeping with a few prostitutes. And all of a sudden, the uh, evil possessed, um, what was it, the Kurian? What was the guy's name? Orcs. Orcs, yeah, let's just call him Orcs. The Orc bad guy, general guy, comes in while he's with these prostitutes and gives them an important message about Farmer. And they don't come, and it just looks, um, you just have to look it up on YouTube or something, but like it's a scene that out of, that even in context doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's that weird sort of humor. That I think Uwe Boll does well, and I think even though these movies, you know, you might consider them good, you might consider them bad, at least they're different. Like I would watch one of his movies over Street Fighter: Legend of Chun Li. Yeah, yeah which we saw in theaters. We did see that on my birthday in the theater. Yeah, where in the opening scene she's uh, Chinese, and the rest of the movie she's not. Yeah. Um, so. And Taboo from Black and Peace Plays Vega. But, so, yeah, that's right. So there taboo you go. is Vega. Um, M. Bison is blonde and Scottish or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was a movie. Just like the video game. Just like the video game. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't it James Wan directed? Like, that's a real director. Oh, no, I'm thinking. No. Nope, that's something else. Never mind. Um, so to wrap this up, what are some uh, video game movies? They can be Uwe Bolt, they can be not, that uh, people in the audience here have enjoyed. Because we say it's so difficult to get it right. They're in the back. First Mortal Kombat, great yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, it's nice yeah. and silly. Uh, I think if they did it now, it would be rated R. You could get more of the blood fatality yeah. stuff. Any other video game movies that people like? Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia? You know, I've never seen that one. And that one With the Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, the Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I don't think I saw that either. version Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about it before Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers, Brothers is really one fun. bizarre movie. Yeah, it's not Super Mario Brothers at all, but it is yeah. kind of a cool movie in its own. Yeah. yeah. In its own way. Final Fantasy is at least visually interesting, even though it's terrible. Like, yeah. it looks cool. The Spirits Within? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, yep, right there. Willing to count Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, I can say Wreck-It Ralph. It's like video game inspired. That's a good choice. The, the previews for the sequel coming out this November look pretty funny. And, uh, oh, there in the back. Yeah, Pixels with Adam Sandler is like a real Pixels <laughs> with Adam Sandler. Well, that's a good of a note to end this on, Eddie. Thank, thanks for coming to this Uwe Bowl Video Game Movies channel and uh, podcast. Uh, I'm Matt. Uh, Sean. And Tony. And uh, if you want to learn more about Uwe Bowl, go to uvebowlraw.com. And then if you want to hear this online, go to um, look up Sequelcast 2 on iTunes. And we have all sorts of episodes on there. Thanks. Everything you think, do, and say is in the bill you took to do.